You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. Mary, you know, every scientist, every reputable scientist agrees we have very little time left to do something about the climate and global warming. International bodies agree on on that. We're seeing with our own eyes the effects of global warming in the fires, floods, everything that's going on around us. So with all of this confronting us, we are going to allow the climate policy of the United States to be set by a senator from a coal-producing state. Does this make sense? <laughs> well, not if you um, know, as I think most of us do, that coal is a major polluter and in part the cause of the climate issues. However, I'm wa- I wonder, and I don't know this, so, you know, John, I always make stuff up, so I haven't heard this anywhere. But I wonder if what Manchin is really concerned about and saying is, I'm not objecting to the climate change um, bills or or policies, but you can't do that at, at the expense of the human beings that work in those industries. So if the... I think the thing that he's objecting to is the Clean Air Act provisions and which would limit, if not eliminate, um, coal and other fossil fuel um, uses and power power generation. I think that's right. That's you right. can correct me if yep. I'm wrong. Okay. No, you're right. So there is, I don't know how many people in West Virginia who work in those industries and if there were dollars as part of the whole program that were um, dedicated to retraining, instead of just saying, oh, well, it'll be new industries and they can get better jobs there. I think the thing we learned from the initial trade policies, NAFTA, et cetera, but NAFTA in particular, is... When those um, industries moved to Mexico, so many jobs were lost, so many communities were destroyed, and many lives as well. And there was no thought of retraining or repurposing those industries to a more modern industries. It was just like, we're going to offshore these jobs and, you know, podunk, Ohio, be damned. And, you know, there's been a lot of consequences for that, not just the destruction of many small towns, the opiate crisis. A lot of these things are, are tied back to that abandonment of those industries and those, those people. And, you know, in the long run, they gave us Donald Trump. So maybe that's, I don't know, I haven't heard Manchin say that, but if I were him, that's the thing I'd be concerned about. Like, we're going to, the world's going to move on, but you people, we don't care about you. 
Well, and I mean, that's really unfortunate. It's unfortunate to look at it uh, that way. I thought, and I do not know the details of the bill or whether any of this is present. All of the rhetoric that I heard from Joe Biden was that we are going to create, in you know, his words, union jobs uh, in alternate industries. I've always kind of wondered in in my heart uh, how that really works, because it's one thing to say we want to put new industry, let's say in West Virginia, Southeast Ohio, and so forth. But I mean, you've run uh, been part of running a large manufacturing company. There's more to it than just saying, I think we'll put a company there someplace. The government will give a tax credit or something. There is infrastructure, there's logistics. There is not only knowing there's some out of work uh, workers around, but having people that can do your job. And uh, you probably can speak to this better Manufacturing today is not the same low-skilled job that it once was. So we're going to need people. I, I, I guess I'm just saying I agree with you, and we've got to take care of human beings. I wonder if we would be better. I know this is like real socialists, but to simply pay them for the rest of their life and admit to get high-tech jobs in uh, uh, Susie Holler, I don't know why Susie, Old Holler, West Virginia. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is part of the discussion that we need to have, which is climate change is disruptive and communities are being destroyed by fires and floods and all of that. But changing your industries to a new kind of industry is very disruptive as well and destroys lives too. And again, whether Manchin is thinking that or not, I don't know. I think he probably is because he, my understanding of Joe Manchin is that he's very connected to the people of West Virginia and he does understand the consequences of this stuff. So yes, we can say, and we have said, he's a captive of big coal and that's who's funded him all these many years of his political career but it's too cynical to think that he doesn't also worry about the individuals affected by closing down the coal industry everyone knows the coal industry is closing down is dying this is not a surprise i mean remember when Hillary Clinton was running against um, Trump and she said something to that effect, like, you know, we have to look to the future about what jobs are going to, you know, fuel, you know, no pun intended, these areas of the country. And Trump really vilified her for that. But even the people that live there were like, yeah, we know that a hundred years from now, people aren't going to be in the mines digging coal. They know that. But it's how do you manage the transitions? And that's something we don't do very well. These are policy issues. So it's easy to do the quick fixes. And those are the parts of the bill. So basically what we're talking about, right, is this reconciliation bill and how 
not just how big it's going to be, but what it, what is it going to do? You know, Bernie Sanders started at $6.5 trillion. Now they're down to probably less than $2 trillion. And what's left in that, the child tax credit, one of the things Manchin has said, and I don't disagree with him about this, is that you have to means test some of this stuff. You know, is it fair for a couple that's making $150,000 a year to also get a tax credit? Um, but there's a big difference for, so, between someone living in West Virginia making $150,000 a year and someone living in New York City making $150,000 a year. So these are very complicated issues. And you know how they always say, you know, the devil is in the details. So I think yesterday DeManchin said something like the number should be means tested, like, I don't know what the number was, $70,000 or something like that. I suspect he knows, because he knows his state very well, that $70,000 is, you know, is not, is like middle class there, right? And that $100,000 is rich. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where is even $100,000 in Cleveland is not rich. So this is, you know, this is the kind, I think this is the place they are. To me, I take um, some solace that this is the place, this is what they're negotiating on this point that tells me something is going to get done. It is. I, do you know, I, I should put up front, uh, I support means testing it as well. And I'm not sure I understand why all the Democrats, why the progressives are not all behind that and saying, yeah, yeah, absolutely um, means tested. And I, uh, I'm going to mispronounce her name, but Congresswoman Priapol, uh, who's really a, a leader. Do you know how to pronounce her name? Do you, do you know um, who I mean? Jayapol? Jayapol. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that and I heard her speak to this and did not find her answer either clear uh, or persuasive. And it it seems to me that uh, maybe the, it's kind of a catering to part of the middle class to say, uh, you know, it's OK. This thing is not just for the poor. You're you're going to get your piece of pie. Uh, as well. There's something about that that feels a little Republican to me. Hmm. That's really interesting, John. I don't know um, and actually the answer to that question, whether it's that or it's partly the geographic thing as well, you know, which is if we start means testing, um, we're really hurting people in urban areas. And that's the Democrats' voters is urban um voters so I, that's a great question i've not heard anyone discuss that either um clearly but i think means testing will happen i think it's one of the compromises that's out there well um, and and it makes a lot of sense i from a political point of view go ahead with the means testing get this program created uh, in the case of, you know, the child uh, tax credit, get that out of a one-year temporary thing and keep it around. The more we can do that, uh, the more likely this is to be uh, a permanent program. I mean, it's the same thing we're seeing with the ACA. Uh, 
even the Republicans had to figure out that you're not getting rid of the Affordable Care Act. Uh, you can say you are, you can get rid of the name, but just ask them, are you going to get rid of the uh, 26-year-old uh, extension? Are you going to get rid of uh, pre-existing conditions? Oh, no, we would never do that. Well, you do know that's the Affordable Care Act. Well, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's the same thing in a way uh, for the extreme right wing, but George W. Bush was one of them who essentially said, we can kind of get rid of Social Security. We'll create privatized uh, retirement accounts and everybody will want to flock over to those. You ain't never getting rid of Social Security. You're not getting rid of the ACA. And we've got to make the child tax credit and things like that the same kind of uh, programs that Americans say, no, no, no. We're not going to get rid of this. Yeah, I mean, I think you start to create a floor and then people don't go below the floor. So I think you're right about those issues. And I was thinking about something else for other things that are in the bill that, you know, we've talked about how bad of a job the Democrats have done about messaging. But I wonder about that sometimes, whether they have, because some of the other things they're talking about, people are starting to think, huh, that's a great idea, like dental and vision for, as part of Medicare. You know, anybody who's had elderly parents, you think, and dental care is such a huge and important part of your entire, you know, um, health care, that it's like, why do old people not have dental care? And then they get those terrible teeth and everything. And it does create a lot of infections. There's a lot of reasons to have good dental care. So I think that the messaging on that is like, yeah, that should be part of Medicare or paid family leave. You know, your people talk like, yeah, why don't we have paid family leave? So there are things in the bill that I think the Democrats are going to have harder and harder time moving away from. And that when the bill finally passes, the Republicans will start to take credit for it. This is a part oh, I absolutely. always love. Yeah. Yes. So I, I, I just think there's some things are starting to get baked in. So whether the thing is $2 trillion or $1.75 trillion, some of the stuff is going to happen. So I know we're almost done, but I'm going to move back a little bit to the climate change thing. The climate stuff is still abstract enough that I don't think people are like, oh, yeah, when are we going to have that? The only thing, John, that has stuck is electric power stations for cars. Yep. And I think if they do the bill without that, there'll be consequences. Because people like me waiting to buy yep. a car until it's easy to drive an electric car. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm going to drive my gas car over to work. Someday <laughs> I'll be able to just plug it in and that'll be okay. <laughs> exactly. Right. Bye. Talk. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.